0: How would you like to do church like Jesus did? Over the past few years, we've learned that church can happen in a very meaningful way outside of a church building. In fact, we're getting raving reviews from our house churches, which are now over 100. Though I thank God for churches in buildings and on campuses, God is leading more and more people these days to gather for church in their homes. Not only is it easier for many people to attend a house church, but a house church can offer a level of community that campuses can't. Well, I'm excited to announce that every Thursday in December and January, I plan to host a house church interest meeting on Zoom at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. If you're not attending a church right now and are interested, or if you know of anyone who's interested then all they have to do is email us at hcinfo at solidlives.com or click the link in the description of this video. Okay, now let me welcome you to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman, where we read and talk through a chapter of the New Testament every day. I'm glad you're here because reading God's Word daily will change your life. I'd appreciate it if you'd help others find this resource by sharing the link, and if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Okay, now let's pray, and we'll jump into God's word. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you that it's inspired. I pray that each person watching or listening today will hear what you have to say to them through your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 15. Here's what it says. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. So notice here are tax collectors and sinners that are drawing near to Jesus. They want to hear him teach. They're hungry for the word of God. I think we have to, excuse me, understand and, and know that there are people all around us who may be sinners. They may not be anything like us. But that doesn't mean that they don't have a hunger for Good solid Bible teaching to know what God thinks and to know God's heart toward them. And so the tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him and the Pharisees. Now here are the religious people. The Pharisees and scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them saying, now he's talking now to the Pharisees and scribes. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Until he finds it. Goes after the one who is lost until he finds it. Jesus is teaching us that God is relentless to find every little lost sheep. Talking about people. To find them and to bring them back into the family of God. Verse five. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, it doesn't mean that God's not excited about uh, believers who never did go astray and they just stay with God and serve him all the days of their life. He loves them. He's excited too. But man, this one out of a hundred, they were on their way to hell. And so when they come back, oh, God rejoices. All of heaven rejoices. Why? Because they were spared eternal darkness. You can see how important every single person on the face of the earth is to God. Every culture, every language, people of all religions, God wants them to be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is making it very clear that God loves to go after sinners and to see them repent. All right, verse 8. Uh, or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, notice the intentionality, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? She's going to look and look and look and look until she finds that lost coin. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Oh, heaven is paying attention to everybody who we can find and uh, see repent and to turn to God through the Lord Jesus. Verse 11, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Talking about his inheritance. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. We're talking about uh, a party-type lifestyle, worldly-type lifestyle. Verse 14, But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want or lack. Then he went and joined himself uh, to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, the pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. This man became so poor and so hungry, he would have gladly filled his belly with pig food. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, like he woke up so to speak, and realize, what am I thinking? What am I doing? But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and despair? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. See, in the distance, saw him coming. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe. Notice the father's not paying any attention to this son's self-assessment of his worthiness. Now he did bad, but notice the father has such love and compassion for his son. He, he just says to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead. And let me get my page turned here. This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked uh, what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. The fatted calf is the calf that we've been, uh, you know, a fattening up so that it's going to be for the best feast, for the best celebration, the most important day of the year, so to speak, or a special, special birthday or something. And so your father killed the fatted calf because your brother came home. Verse 28, but he, the older brother, was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said, to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never uh, transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he, the father, said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And so Jesus is talking about evangelism and he's saying for all the people that are saved and serving the Lord and in church and everything, that's great. That's wonderful. But God's heart breaks for the people that are on their way to hell for eternity. And God is saying, look, we have to go after them. And when they come in, we need to be excited. Heaven is excited about them. Why? You're already saved. You're already on your way to heaven. You're serving the Lord. But there are some who either were with us and they've backtracked, they've backslidden and they're not serving the Lord, or they've, they've never even been saved in the first place. Heaven is rejoicing over them. Heaven wants them. And the point of this in this last of the several parables about sinners getting saved and the joy in heaven over this is that here there are two brothers. And yeah, the one is saved and heaven's rejoicing. The father's rejoicing over the one that was saved. But also the other one represents many of us that we should not be disgruntled that God is answering so many prayers for them and doing so many things it's like why are all these things happening for them? And what about for me? I've been serving the Lord all these years. We should be thrilled and saying it's just it's just the the father's love lavishing it on his son or his daughter here who's been astray, who is on their way to hell and God's just so excited about them. We should rejoice in that. We should feel so good that we have a father like that who would do that for somebody undeserving, because we're all undeserving, undeserving, who God would do that just because he loves every one of us. Praise God. Well, that's it. Chapter 15, uh, a little short today, but nonetheless, potent and powerful. I'll see you tomorrow, chapter 16.
1: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.